It's Friday on the Locked On NFL Podcast, and it's the last weekend before the NFL season starts. We'll pick a dark horse from each division to be on the lookout for this year. It's Chris Carter and Kevin Ostriker here on the Friday episode of Locked On NFL. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I, we're your hosts, Chris Carter and Kevin Ostriker. Locked On Steelers, Locked On Ravens. Kevin, so so thankfully, filling in for Q this week. He filled in for me last week. We always appreciate the flexibility of our team here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. And a reminder, this show is sponsored by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Kevin, I want to talk to you about this topic because you've talked about the dark horses to win the Super Bowl. I want us to be a little bit more specific. I'm let's talk about dark horses to win each division. So thinking about dark horses, the team that didn't win it last year, the team that people might be overlooking the most and should be the team that everyone in that division is a little bit scared of here. Uh, And there's teams like that every year that go for go from I think you had you had an interesting stat you brought up before the show that there has that there's there's been a high frequency of teams who have gone worse to first in the NFL over the past several years yeah I think it's uh 18 of the last 20 seasons there's been at least one team that's gone from worst to first which I would have felt like that would have been lower honestly but yeah here here we are I think there's so much parity across every sports league but in the NFL with so little games each season, there's a, there, you can't have like runs of big losing streaks and expect to make the playoffs, or you can't have runs of big winning streaks and expect to fall off at the end of the season. So that's really big. But I think with four teams in East Division and the way that players move around, the way the draft obviously has a big impact on things too, and especially with the AFC, and I think how competitive that's going to be. We're going to talk about both AFC and NFC too. But I think that there's going to be uh, plenty of parity this season, especially with teams that I think made big additions. I think we Mm. saw some of those teams that finished in third and fourth make big ads. I I mean, the Jets are a team that we're going to talk about probably is one of those. And there are other teams as well that I think could make that jump. I'm right with you there. There's plenty of teams. I think that's what's so amazing about the NFL is that not only does the draft set up so that teams that were have nots last year can be halves this, the next year, but uh, there's also plenty of opportunity in free agency to make moves to do what the Jets did. The trade possibilities are out there and teams that could be on the rise. Let's start with the AFC East. So obviously the Jets are the obvious pick here, but let's talk about the reality. Do the Jets actually do it? Do they flip this this division up, up, up and upside down? Because you look at this. The Bills are should be the clear favorite, but the Dolphins are a team that last year, if they didn't he deal with injuries, they might have been a more of a more of a playoff threat. And they did make the playoffs last year. You have the Patriots, who I think everyone can kind of agree is the odd man out of the AFC East. But that's three teams, each of them, that could prove very dangerous this year. Yeah, and you can't it's so weird because I think the conversation around the Patriots is well, uh, personally, I'm not a big Mac Jones guy. Like I don't think that he's the guy. Never mind. Yeah, but I think that with Bill Belichick, again, you can never like what Mike, for example, what Mike Tomlin did with that Steelers team with Ben Roethlisberger on his last legs. Everybody counted him out and they said there's no way Pittsburgh is going to do anything with Ben on his leg. And then look what happens. Mike Tomlin leads that team. Ben Roethlisberger does just enough and they sneak into the playoffs that year. 
So with Bill Belichick, I think it's kind of the same thing. Now, Matt Jones and Ben Roethlisberger are different quarterbacks and right. different points in their careers. But I do want to give the Dolphins some love here. For me, I think the Dolphins, the addition of Jalen Ramsey was great. Obviously, we're not going to see him until December, if at all, this year. But they, to me, before the Rams injury, were one of my dark horse Super Bowl contenders. And I really like what they've done. And that assumes Tua takes a leap. If Tua doesn't take a leap, there's not a lot that I think the Dolphins can do to say, hey, this team can make the Super Bowl, win their division. Because the Bills the Bills feel like a weird team, Chris, where I don't really know. Like, there's been the Stephon Diggs drama for what feels like a couple years now. And then the yeah. Stephon Diggs says there's no drama, but there's always been something with him. And it just feels like they should have been the team that has gone farther than they have. And I know they've made some additions this year. Von Miller will be coming back at some point, so that will help them. But I think if there was a team, worst to first, I think the Jets feel like a good – like if you're betting on a team to go from worst to first, I think the Jets feel like a good, good one because I think we talked all last season about how well the Jets have all these skill position players. They have a great defense, but the quarterback is Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson and, and Mike White, and they just didn't feel like they had that guy now. Whereas Rodgers at this point in his career, it's a valid question, but I think he's far better than what they had in the first place. And so that, to me, at least gets them in playoff contention and, and could vault them up into their division and win it this year. Let's talk about the AFC West real quick. The Chiefs are the obvious favorite, and they're going to probably win this division. I think a lot of people look at the Chargers as, as, as the team that could be the most likely to unseat them if something were to happen this year. Like so Justin Herbert just has a fantastic season. Patrick Mahomes is a little off at times. But looking at the Raiders, they have a lot to do with Jimmy Garoppolo and everything that they got to work on. The, the Broncos have a new coach with Sean Payton. Can he fix Russell Wilson? You know, is it just it's simple as, as simple as this? The Chargers are the only team that have a chance. Or do you look at any, those other two teams and see one of them being a chance to, to maybe unseat the Chiefs this year? Yeah, I think the Chargers are the most realistic option. I think if I had to pick one of the other two between Las Vegas and Denver, I'd, I'd probably pick Denver. Again, Sean Payton coming in. Can he revive Russell Wilson? They're, they're, they're going to miss Jerry Judy for a couple of weeks here. But I think that with Javante Williams hopefully returning to what he could be, and I think there was so much potential for him last season before the injury, I think they've added enough where they could be dark horse contenders, but I wouldn't put them over the Chargers. I wouldn't put them over the Chiefs, obviously. I think if you're talking about a team to unseat the Chiefs in that division, I'd probably pick the Chargers. The Raiders, to me, feel weird with Jimmy G in there. I don't know what he's going to do. Derek Carr versus Jimmy G feels kind of like a push to me, if not a slight downgrade. So I I don't know what he will do for them, but they added Jacoby Myers over the offseason, a pair next to Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is, is back for them. They added a couple defensive pieces too. So they could be better. I still think they will be in playoff contention, but I don't think division contention. I hear you on that. I'm kind of I'm kind of in, in the same boat there. AFC West wise. Let's flip to the AFC South. Um it, this is maybe one of the tougher ones because there's just so little to believe in in this division. You know, it's just it's it's rough. There's nobody's picking the Texans. I, I might have thought the Colts could be a dark horse if Jonathan Taylor's situation was resolved, if we knew that he when he that he was playing, when he was playing, that everything was hunky-dory there. Maybe maybe Anthony Richardson's catch, catch is hot. I mean, I, so I guess I'd go with the Titans, but I don't believe in the Titans either. I think the Jaguars are the only team from this division that I'm like, you're even worried about this year. This year. Yeah, the Jaguars feel like, like it feels like they've already won the South. Like, <laughs> I just give it even- to them. Doesn't like unless there's some like if Trevor Lawrence goes down, but it, it feels like the Jaguars have already won. If I had to pick one of the other three, I, I would go Tennessee. I, I don't think the Colts are ready yet. I don't think the Texans are ready yet. It just feels like those two teams 
need a couple years. I think CJ Stroud is going to be really good. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be really good too. But for this season, I think that they need to just kind of figure out development with those guys. And it will probably be developmental seasons, which is fine. But I think with the Titans, I guess, I guess you can call them almost like win now because Derrick Henry's not getting any younger. Ryan no, Tannehill's not. not getting any younger. DeAndre Hopkins is not getting any younger. So I guess Kevin this Byron. is their like, yeah, yeah. last ditch effort to kind of put something together in these last couple of seasons here because with the, with the way the running back market has been, with the way running backs have been over the past couple of seasons, who knows how much longer Derrick Henry has there. I know that uh, there's a lot to like in terms of star power, but how bright are those stars still going to shine this season? Plus, I'm not a big Tannehill guy, so I don't necessarily think that he's the guy to lead them to a division title. I still think it's Jacksonville pretty by far and away in that division. Same here. Now let's. I I, I intentionally saved the best for last, <laughs> as you should have, as as I should have, because the AFC North is that division. And no, I'm not just saying that because we're I'm the Steelers guy and he's the Ravens guy. But this division is going to be highly competitive. There's a there's a really good chance that three teams come out of here from the playoffs. Technically, four teams could come out of here in the playoffs. I don't think that that's going to happen. But uh, this is going to be tight. This is going to be competitive all year long. Um, the Bengals are the team that's won it two years in a row, but no franchise in the history of the AFC, AFC North has won it three years in a row. Kevin, if there's to be a team that unseats them this year, who is it? And are you about to just say the Ravens? Well, I am about to just say the Ravens, <laughs> but I feel like that's the team that everybody's going with. Like if there was, I think to me, I'm going to say if there's a dark horse, it will be the Browns and hear me out. The reason I'm saying the the reason I'm saying that is because I think everybody thinks the Steelers can do it too. Like I think that the no one's no one's talking about the Browns right now. And I think again, have we seen the Browns do much of anything over the course of their franchise history? Have we seen the Browns with the roster that Andrew and I'm a big Andrew Berry guy. I wasn't a fan of the Sean Watson move, but outside of that, I think Andrew Berry's done a really good job over there. But it seems like every year we talk about the Browns over the past. I mean, even since Odell and Jarvis Landry got there, yeah. we've talked about them as, oh, well, they made all these big moves. They're going to be really good this year. They're going to go far in the playoffs. And then something happens, whether they just go far below expectations. Like, I think with the Steelers and the Ravens, there are expectations that they that they do reach every season. Like with Mike Tomlin there, with John Harbaugh there. I don't think anybody would be shocked if the Steelers just shocked the world again and Kenny Pickett takes a leap and everything happens with him and the Steelers, at least during the conversation, unseat the Bengals. If the Browns did it, I think there'd be a lot more people that were like, oh, like, what's this happening? Where'd that come like, from? Yeah, exactly. So I'm, my answer of the Browns is not any disrespect towards Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh can do it. I think mm -hmm. Baltimore can do it too. But if there was a dark horse, I think every team in the division is going to be at least some level of good but I think it would shock the most people if the Browns actually did it. I think everyone's kind of looking at them and saying, like, unless you're a Cleveland Browns believer, you're picking them to finish last this year because you've seen the progress made from the Ravens and the Steelers and, and just the status that they're at. And frankly, I, Deshaun Watson did not impress uh, from from either last year or in the preseason. And so. I look at that and I think, man, I I can't be sold on that. And how many times have we been sold on on the Browns? Oh, they made all these great offseason moves. They made all these great signings. They made all these great draft picks, and then it all just falls apart in the end. Um, you know, I think they've had one year where it hasn't completely fallen apart on them, and 
30 years of it completely falling apart. I, I kind of, I'm, 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 I'm same as you about the Ravens. I feel like it's Ravens and Steelers equally. Like I've, I thought I felt the same thing last year was that like, you know, I felt like, you know, the Bengals were still the top dogs, but Steelers and Ravens, like they're going to finish within a game of each other. And then it's going to be like, you know, just slight circumstances and some crazy games that put one over the other. And that's what happened. The, the Ravens were a game over above the Steelers. You had that crazy game in Pittsburgh where Kenny Pickett got hurt. Mitch Trubisky came in through three interceptions. And then it was the field goal blocked or did he just miss it? I forget it, which, which one it was in the end that Chris Boswell. I think it was blocked. I think, I think it, it was blocked. blocked. Uh, but like, again, like if that game, if he makes that field goal, then it's a completely different conversation on, on, on the year. I think it's going to be a similar thing this year where the Steelers and Ravens, wherever they are, whether it's battling for first or second, I think that they're going to be neck and neck with each other. And I think this is a year where the Bengals maybe they're not having, they don't have a bad year, but I don't think that they have as great of a year they've had the last two seasons. So that's why I'm saying either or of those teams could be a dark horse, but when you got to go to the NFC, we'll do that in just a minute here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Chris, Chris Carter, Kevin Ostreicher breaking things down for you. But first, before we do anything else, I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can, get, can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 and get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Chris Carter, Kevin Ostriker breaking things down on the dark horse for each division in the NFL. We just ran through the, A- through the AFC. Um, I believe we picked the Jets. We were kind of on the, t- the the Titans for the South, the Chargers or the Broncos for the West. The, the, the We named almost every team in the AFC North because this is that's how crazy that division is going to be. Let's start with the East and in, in, in the NFC. Are are the are the Cowboys finally going to do it? Because similarly to the AFC North, no teams won it three times in a row. No teams won the NFC East two times in a row in like a long time. It like never happens. So the, the Cowboys would be an obvious pick, but man, I look at those Giants and the things they started to do last year and some of the pieces they've added. Could they be the team that that unseats the Eagles this year as the division winner? Yeah, it's such an interesting conversation because I think the obvious pick is the Cowboys to do it. But with the Giants... The, the key thing there is can Daniel Jones continue to be last year Daniel Jones or was that just right. a fluke season? I think that's a lot of the conversation points for people because I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones guy in the world. Like I think, again, his year last year probably saved his tenure with the Giants because it was getting very rocky there over the first couple of seasons. But I do like their addition to Darren Waller. I think they added nice pieces to the draft. So Deontay Banks who was a, a Maryland guy really, really good and was actually mocked to the Ravens too. So I, I did some, a lot of research, <laughs> Dub, double Marylanding there, but he went to New York. I do think the giants are the door. I'm not a big commanders believer right now. I need to see it from Sam Howell consistently yeah. to get there. Plus I know there are question marks in other parts there as well. Although they did beat the Ravens in the preseason. So I guess that's uh, <laughs> that that's what counts. For well, they, that's but right. They ended the streak. I forgot. They about did. That. And it, that, that game was probably 
the Super Bowl the preseason games. It was, <laughs> it was a it crazy felt, game. It, it felt like I was watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was, you know, and credit to the commanders would do it. Like, of course, you're gonna you're gonna be excited and yeah, everything. But it, it was a little crazy. But at the end of the day, I think that when you're talking about the dark horse team to take it from the Eagles, I'd probably pick the Giants because I think the Cowboys are the obvious choice. I think the Eagles and Cowboys will be neck and neck this season. I really like their addition of Stephon Gilmore in that secondary to put next to Trayvon Diggs. So. I think that Dallas could do it, but Dark Horse, I, I think Saquon, and I was a big Saquon believer heading into last season. You know, I said, mm-hmm. this guy's going to, I picked him in all my fantasy leagues, and I said, watch this, and he did it for me and, and won me a few. So I, I'm a Saquon guy. So I'll go Giants in honor of Saquon and Don okay. Mondo, who, who was in Baltimore for so many seasons. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about we, um, but uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I like the idea of the Giants here. They can run the ball, they can play some defense. I think they got Daniel, Daniel Jones has to put it together, but I think he's got some interesting weapons. I really like Darren Waller. That could be a really interesting, uh, a really interesting situation you have there, uh, for the NFC East. Again, the Cowboys, like they were 12 and five last year. It's tough to call that a dark horse because just simply because they they were just uh, they were just behind the super hot uh, red, uh, Eagles last year. So, uh, lots of things to, to look over there. Let's flip to the NFC North because, man, there's a whole lot of ways that you can look at this. It's tough to call anyone a favorite for this division because it's the most up in the air. I think, you know, last year the Vikings went 13 and four. Everyone kind of saw that and was like, mm, but how's that going to go when they, when they're in the playoffs? Um, but you know, the, the lions went nine and eight and just missed the playoffs last year. The Packers are eight and nine. Uh, and you know, they've got Jordan love and then you, you got the bears who are just the bears right now until anything we see at Justin Fields, is just going to be trying to be, be your fantasy hero every single, every single week with them. Who is the dark? I, I guess anybody could be a dark horse to win this division, right? Because even though the Vikings won it last year, I don't, I don't think people are looking at them like, oh, just the out and out favorites of the division. Yeah, this one is probably the toughest. Well, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get to the, the NFC South, but I think that in terms of a team to take it from the Vikings, I'd probably go Detroit at this point. We, we have to figure out who Jared Goff is, but. I thought they had a nice offseason bringing in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and, and figuring out uh, – their draft was a little interesting, taking Jameer Gibbs at well yeah. at 12 and then Jack Campbell, and everyone's like, what are you doing? And then they, mm-hmm. they got Brian Branch, and everyone's like, okay, like in the I second guess. round. Like yeah. Brian Branch shouldn't have fallen as far as he did. So I think the Lions getting him saved their draft. But I like the additions that they made. And building off of a really, and it feels like, you know, the Cowboys are always going to be like America's team, but it feels like the Lions are like the NFL starling right now. Like everybody loves the Lions. Every, everybody loves Dan Campbell. Like, you know, the, the, people are rooting for them. Obviously, I think Jamal Williams leaving hurts him in the fun rankings a little bit going to New Orleans, but I still think that they're a team that can be good. And you, you mentioned it. They just missed out in the playoffs for a team that I think, Chris, last year, no one had a real expectations for them. Like, I don't think it so. was just the Lions are going to be the Lions again. And they're not going to be good. And they, they actually showed it. So I think Minnesota lost a lot of guys and they're getting older. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is there and you can't discount that. But it just feels like they keep losing guys and they're getting older in a lot of positions. The Packers, we don't know who Jordan Love is. And I think that question has to be answered before we really get in on them. And then for the bears, I just, you know, I, I'm a Justin Fields guy, but I don't think it's, it's their time right now. So I'd go, I'd go lions probably. I hear you on that. Okay. So we go lions there. What's crazy though. If you look on FanDuel right now, FanDuel Sportsbook, 
the Lions are the favorites. They're plus 145. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, it doesn't shock me, actually. The Vikings are next with plus 260. That's very interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. that it's that far back between between them. So um that's 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 interesting there. Let's go to the NFC South. Like you said, this is tough. This was the closest division last year, but they all sucked because the winner won with eight and nine, and everybody else was seven and ten. Like that is just the that is the saddest. Like you wasted your time if you had to cover the NFC South last year as a reporter. Sorry to everyone who did that. Sorry to Ross and everybody that that, that has to do that this year. But is I guess everybody is up for being a dark horse because you know the Buccaneers are probably like they won it last year, but they're probably going to finish last in this division this year with how bad that their roster is banged up. So I guess maybe we could say the Saints are the dark horse, but they're the favorites. You know, you know on on FanDuel right now. You know, I, if I was to pick like a real, real dark horse, like a team that just come out of nowhere, maybe the Atlanta Falcons, because you, you think about B. John Robinson and some of the additions they made. And again, they're not whoever wins this division ain't going nowhere in the playoffs. But if I was to pick a sneaky team that you wouldn't think of to win a division, why not the Falcons? Yeah, it almost feels wrong to pick the Saints because it just feels so obvious that they're going to yeah, win they're, this they're year. Op- they're their favorites. Yeah, I, I I feel wrong picking them. So I'm gonna I, I I'm agreeing with you, Chris. I think the Falcons. They've been a team that I've identified. Like I went super crazy on the Dark Horse Super Bowl prediction episode that I did with Lauren Cox a couple weeks ago, and I said, "Why not pick the Falcons?" And it 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 is very crazy. That is probably the, the craziest thing I probably could have said. Well, I maybe could have said uh, the Texans, but for me. If Desmond can take a leap, if Bijan can be the Bijan we're expecting, I'm a huge Drake London guy. When we were going through Lamar Jackson trades over at Lockdown Ravens, I said, bring me Drake London and like four firsts if you're going to trade Lamar. Now, they kept Lamar, which is the best option. But I'm a big Drake London guy. Can Kyle Pitts finally break out? Is this finally the year that he can do it? I, it would have been it would have been really cool if they kept Calvin Ridley. I would have liked to kind of see what that offense would have been like with Drake London mm. and Calvin Ridley in it together. But obviously, he's in Jacksonville. I'm, they also have players Campbell over there. They actually added a lot of defensive pieces. Jesse Bates went from Cincinnati over to Atlanta. So I think that they can be a sneaky contender for that division. And I would not be shocked if they finished second and they actually gave the Saints run for their money. But I'll say Saints is the clear favorite and then Falcons is too. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you there. I just I think it's, it's real tough to look at that uh, too many other ways. Last division here, we pick a dark horse before we start looking at week one games that we're most excited about. We go to the NFC West. Now, listen, ain't nobody picking the Cardinals. They're just they're they're dead. They're dead in the water. It's tough to pick the Rams with all the stuff that they're going through. That is going to be that is a rebuild that is in its pre it's a, it's the prologue of the of the rebuild. That's what I'm calling their season right now. Like it's not even the official rebuild yet. They're they're gonna have a lot to do. So really, you got the Niners and the Seahawks. And I think the Seahawks could be an upstart. I think the Seahawks, with the way that they're built, uh, they had some success last year, made the playoffs at nine and eight. Um, they've added some pieces. I really liked their their draft picks. You get uh, uh, Smith and Jigba, and you get Witherspoon. There's some real good potential there, especially with T- DK Metcalf. And if Geno Smith can kind of pick up where he left off last year, they could be a problem for the Niners if the Niners struggle. Because remember, Brock Purdy's coming back, and now he is the starting quarterback. There's no surprise about who about, about who's coming there this, this time around. So I'm going Seahawks. But Kevin, is it? Do you find any likelihood in the Seahawks actually unseating the Niners? I don't think there's. A, it's not probable for me, right. but 
you look at the Cardinals and the Rams and you're just like, who else are you going to pick? Like right. it, it has That's to be at. Seattle. And I agree with you. I think they've actually killed the draft the past two years. They've done really good. And the key for them is going to be, what is Geno Smith? Like, is he the guy we saw last year and who the, they gave that hundred million dollar contract to, or is he the journeyman we saw over the course of the first many years of his career? But with them, I think with DK there, they have Jackson Smith and Jigba and then Tyler Lockett. Can't forget it. It feels like Tyler Lockett is a guy that everybody counts out every year. And then he just goes off and has a great year. But running back wise, they, they've kind of been through with injuries there. Chris Carson was injured. It felt like every season Rashad Penny, he's now in Philadelphia. He was injured every season. It felt like so that they need to find some consistency there. But I do think that they're a team that, is a playoff team. Like I still, they're one of the better teams in the NFC. And I think that's how top heavy the NFC is this year. But I don't think there's, unless Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, Trey Lance isn't there anymore. But if those two guys just really stink it up and cannot take that extremely talented San Fran roster, at least far, then I think you can put Seattle in the conversation. But for now, it feels like the 49ers are like the, the NFC version of the Jets, or maybe the Jets are the AFC version where both last year, Great rosters all around, but who's the quarterback? Feels like the Jets addressed it with Rodgers, but feels like the 49ers are banking on it with Purdy, and we'll see how it works out for them. Absolutely. We're going to take a look at each of the week one games, which ones we're most excited about next week, because this is the final weekend without NFL football. Thank God, Kevin. But <laughs> before we do any of that, Kevin, tell them about game time. I will do just that. We are sponsored here by Game Time on the Lockdown NFL podcast. This episode is, and there are a bunch of times when people can get super stressed out trying to buy tickets. You can try to find them last minute. You might be hunting down the best price, competing with other buyers for a popular event. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be that stressful, though. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. And the Game Time app is really good it's very easy to use and there are a lot of things to like about it for example they have flash deals and last minute tickets it's also very easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area they also have seat views the images of the actual seat so you get to see where you're sitting before you actually buy the ticket plus they have a lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection job loss protection and more game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has tickets up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and Roku less game time occur to you. 110% of that difference is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of receipt before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and your set tickets are sent directly to your phones. You never have to dig through your email. Snap the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code lockdown on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code lockdown on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Chris Carter, Kevin Ostriker. We're, let's look ahead to week one here because, Kevin, there's some really good games in week one. Some years you get some, you get like one or two, and then everything else you're kind of just like, meh, I'm not too excited. But there's some interesting matchups here that we're going to go over, and uh, we'll we'll just we'll discuss them. We'll also mention some of their odds on FanDuel here. Uh, Kevin, give me a matchup that you that you got your eyes on uh, for for week one of the NFL season. Yeah, there there are a couple that I like, but for me, I'll probably say the Bengals Browns game is one I'm looking at Ooh. because 
you can look at that and you say, oh, well, Cincinnati. Well, first of all, is Joe Burrow even going to be back for that game? I know he's he's back now. Good question. Will he, will, he, will he be playing? But feels like the Browns have had the Bengals number over the past couple of seasons, even though obviously the Bengals have had much better season-long success. Feels like the Browns have played the Bengals tough. And it feels like every AFC North game is that way, Chris, whether it's Ravens-Steelers, Bengals-Ravens, Steelers-Browns, whatever it is. It feels like the Browns will play the Bengals tough again. It feels like every team's going to play every team tough because AFC North is just that brand physical football. You know, that you go through 50 car crashes by the time you're done with an AFC North game. But again, if Joe Burrow plays, it'll be the first game of what should be a full season for Deshaun Watson. We'll see that how that how that works. But I don't know. I think the Browns roster, I, li- I like it this year. I like the Browns roster, but... To me, it's can they put it together? I mean, what a statement when it would be to knock off the Bengals in week one. And the Browns have had some crazy wins to start seasons, I think. And the Bengals have, too. Like, last second long field goals. Like, imagine, you know, the Browns traded for Dustin Hopkins. Imagine just Dustin Hopkins tearing tearing the hearts of the Bengals fans out in week one. And then the overreactions. Like, we all, we all, we all know overreactions happen every single week in the NFL. No matter what week it is, there's always an overreaction somewhere. I think we'd see some overreactions to the Bengals. The Bengals will be fine if they lose to the Browns, but it would it would be kind of interesting for, for the division landscape, especially when I think this year in particular, Chris, every divisional win is going to be so important, both for divisional purposes and conference win purposes. The Bengals' win over the Browns in December of last year was their first win before they had they had lost. They were on a five game losing streak to the Browns. Like that's how oh, much yeah. the Browns had had really given it to and. And really, even before that, including the five-game losing streak they were on, they had one win in December of 2019. They lost three in a row before that. So we're talking eight of the last nine games before the Bengals' last win, the Bengals had lost to the Browns. That's that's pretty dominant over a stretch of time. Uh, And again, remarkable that the Browns didn't do more with that period of time where they were able to at least beat up on on their partners in uh, Ohio. Also, looking at FanDuel, two and a half points being given to the Browns right now. Uh, in the in this game, or no, given to the Bengals, excuse me. So the okay. the, the Browns actually are plus two point five. The Bengals two minus two point five. Uh, I, I guarantee you these lines will move when we know about more about Joe Burrows. But so keep an eye on that. But we'll make you bet right now if you think that he's going to be healthy. So any Bengals insiders out there, you could do some insider trading if you want. But um, let's let's move on here. Let me pick a game that I that I think everyone is really excited for, and that's Monday Night Football. And you got. The Bills and the Jets. The Bills are going to New York. It's Josh Allen. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's the new Jets team. The Jets, uh, or the Bills are two point two and a half point favorites here. Uh, but man, this this is gonna this is gonna not answer questions, but it's gonna be our first taste of are the Jets actually for real, and is this the last gasp of the Bills' like current Super Bowl window that they're, that they're in? Both teams in different kind of situations here. I like this this matchup a lot, and the Jets being at home, Jets fans are going to be like, "This is listen. We don't get too many chances to be excited for something, so we got to be excited for this." And if the Jets beat the Bills, oh Lord, Kevin, it's going to be so much noise in New York. Yeah, talk about overreactions. I think uh, that, that that would spur a lot, of, especially with that New York fan base, both New York fan bases, honestly, yeah. Buffalo and the Jets. But to me, it's really exciting because you have two really good offenses. At least I'm anticipating the Jets offense being a lot better with Rodgers. Two really good defenses, too. I know we're not going to see Von Miller for a couple more weeks, but 
again, the Jets had a great defense last year. You know, Sauce Gardner kind of led that charge. They have a couple of pieces there too, but it's going to be, you know, which offense can kind of break through first. And again, in an AFC conference that is so tight this year, they're going to mm-hmm. teams that win maybe 10 games won't make the playoffs this year because of how competitive it's going to be. A week one game might not mean a ton in week one, but it actually does because you go to week 17 and, and you look back there. and you think, man, we if we had just won that game in week one, mm-hmm. division race, wild card race, one seed race. So there's a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot at stake every single matchup, and I'm excited to see how it pans out for them. Same here. Uh give me a second matchup you're looking at here for week one. There are a few. I think to me, Miami Los Angeles has the potential to be really good with Tua Tagovailoa versus Justin Herbert. Two teams we kind of mentioned as our dark horses earlier in the show. I think that both these teams are, to me, dark horses to make a lot of noise this season. Now, a lot of stuff has to go right. Leaps have to be taken. Right. But I think it's it's a good starting point for both these teams where they're not going up against Kansas City, right? They're not going up against like a top, top, top contender, at least not at the start of the season. But I think it will give us an, at least an early idea, and things change over the course of 17 games, don't get me wrong, but it gives an early idea of maybe where these two teams are at. And two teams that I think have really talented rosters, but just they ha- haven't been able to put a lot together. I know also two coaches, two young coaches that might be on the hot seat. I know there's been a lot of conversation about Mike McDaniel and what he's done in Miami so far. Some people really like him, other people really don't. So we'll see what happens there. And then Brandon Staley, who... I personally think should not still be in Los Angeles, but is this is probably the last gasp for him. Cause I think with that talented of a roster, the chargers have drastically underachieved from where they should be. And, and obviously I think that is uh, in part due to that pretty humiliating playoff loss to Jacksonville, where Jacksonville oh my came all the way back. And uh, that, that's where I thought he should have been gone, but he's back and we'll see how, we'll see how he takes the Chargers this year, but that's a good one to me. I mean, back to back crazy ways for the, was it? Oh no, no. Last year, Two years ago, it worked out for them, right? Because they – I don't think – I think the – did the Raiders make it? No, because the, no, the, no, the Raiders, the Raiders winning – the, yes. the, 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 char- the Chargers winning that game got, kicked the Raiders out and put the Steelers right, in. Because if it ended in. as a tie, both were going to make it. Because, because it was going to end as a tie, but then the Raiders decided to be aggressive and the Chargers said, okay, we're just going to kick you out. Yeah, yeah, that was – that 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 was so but it, it was it, it was bad clock management that got the chargers there in the first place and yep. they they were lucky to sneak out with the win i, I remember that now yeah that, that i just think back to that and then you're right like, I, I remember i was in the poconos for on vacation and like, i was watching that game and i'm like i can't believe this i can't believe this this is ridiculous but i also could believe it because the chargers do this all the time they, they, they every year they they, 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 they they oh get believe in us believe in us ever since they had philip rivers and ladania thomas and antonio gates they have tried to get us to believe in the chargers i don't believe in them ever that's the, that's a rule q and i have don't believe in the Chargers, whether it's San Diego or Los Angeles. Okay, my other game I'm looking at here, and we talked a little bit about it, but I'm uh, I'm kind of intrigued by Bengals Browns. You know, uh, I'm in, I'm intrigued by that, but I'm also gonna go over if I'm gonna pick one more. I like Lions Chiefs. I could go Steelers Niners, but I've talked about Steelers Niners Niners ad nauseum on Locked On Steelers and. <laughs> I will talk more about it this week, so I'm gonna stretch this out here. The, the 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 Lions, the Lions are that team that, like you said, that like America's starting to really like them, and, and you know they're the lovable losers 
that have, that are, they could be the upstart this year. So there's some hope in Detroit. And the way they finished last season, they vanquished Aaron Rodgers. They beat him in his last game with the Packers ever and then and ended their playoff hopes. The Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites. And we know that it is very rare that the home team loses that game. But, man, like – I just I feel like the Lions could just be a Dan Campbell's a weird coach, man. Like the the bite the kneecaps off guy. Like I'd be watching out for that. Just the the way the way that they played, the, the additions they've made. I think that here's the thing: is the Lions they could be an insane wild card. Like we don't, we're not sure how they're going to look with their new weapons that they've added. And then the Chiefs will come in. They'll be doing what they normally do, and the Chiefs could very much just tear the roof off and just blow out the lions. And we, and we look back at it, but man, there's something about this that like man, six and a half points is a lot. I might take that number. If I'm on FanDuel right now and say like, Hey, you know what? I'll take six and a half points. Cause even if the lions lose by like four or five, they'll be, or even six. If they lose by, by a touchdown or two field goals, you're still in, in, in the green there. So I'm gonna go with the, with the Thursday night opener, the lions and the chiefs, because I actually do think that could be a very interesting matchup. There's a whole bunch to look forward to in week one. And that starts next week. Thank God, Kevin. I am so tired of doing off season shows, but this is the last one we have to do for the week for the week until February. Looking forward to that. Kevin, thanks so much for joining me here on the locked on NFL podcast. Let people, they can find you, follow you, get more of your work. Yeah, of course. You can, of course, find me here on the Locked On NFL podcast on Mondays and occasionally filling in throughout the course of the week. But also, I'm the host and producer of Locked On Ravens, of course. So you can find me over there five days a week talking Ravens. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, Chris. It feels like it's been a long offseason, a lot of drama, especially with Lamar Jackson for me. But we're, we're done with that. We're moving away and we can finally focus on, on real football that counts. And, and I'm excited for it. Absolutely. He's Kevin Ostreger. I'm Chris Carter uh, of Locked On Steelers. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where I cover the University of Pittsburgh. The whole, we got a home opener to be at, at Accrisure Stadium on Saturday. And of course, I do Locked On Steelers where you can find just like you can find this show and find Kevin's show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube for free. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all the Locked On NFL episodes and like both of our channels to or subscribe to all of our channels to get all our episodes on your favorite team because we, we bring you your team every day on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thanks again, everybody. Kevin will be back here Monday getting you ready for the week here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Stay tuned right here for all, all that action.